the Broncos now this is a weird one and it's only a weird one because Broncos are coming off a loss to the Cowboys and a big loss too um what are your thoughts on this one yeah this is a really 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 tough one to predict because this is very similar to the Panthers and Rabbitohs but for the opposite reasons uh in regards to it could be close it could be a blowout and it could be a blowout either team but I think it's more likely to be a Broncos blowout if there was going to be a blowout there but, uh, yeah, this is this is super tough to, to predict here because, uh, you know, they did obviously come off that loss to the Cowboys, the Broncos. We all – anyone who's not a Broncos fan has known that that kind of can still happen here with the Brisbane this year. They've got an okay team, but they're not any world beaters by, by any stretch of the – you know, any stretch of belief. They are improved. They are probably going to move them – well, they definitely moved themselves out of where they were last year in 2020, but – they haven't made this gigantic leap out of any sort of mediocrity. You know, they are better, but they're still down there. Warriors, on the other hand, obviously they, uh, you can forgive them for the Titans game. You can because of the heat, I can tell you, because I was, I was there. You know, I experienced that heat. You can forgive both those teams in that game, uh, but you cannot forgive them for that game against the Tigers because that was just a woeful performance. Luckily for them, they were the ones who got to lap up the two points in that game. However, there's still so many negatives involved with their performance and, and the fact that the Tigers probably lost that game, not the Warriors winning that game because the Tigers had so many opportunities to win it. And then you go back to round one, they got beaten by the Dragons pretty convincingly. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that it's fair that the Broncos are probably favourites because they do have – you look at the two teams and, you know, at least the Broncos have Reynolds. And, and yet, have you noticed that Broncos fans are already starting to doubt Reynolds after one game, despite the fact that he was their lord and saviour? He was probably uh, the best through. player in that side. I agree. I agree. And it was just wild that he obviously gets the blame. Then again, you know, it was always Milford's fault when he was there. So uh, it's just, you know, the scapegoat. But yeah, I, I don't know how to call this one. Obviously, we'll go through the team list here and, and we'll decide it. But I think this this is a really strange game. Yeah, really, really strange game. Going into that team list, as you said, the back line uh, for the Warriors, we've got Reese Walsh, Adam Pompey, Jesse Arthurs, Rocco Berry and Marcelo Montoya. For the Broncos, Tessie New, Corey Oates, Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, and Selwyn Cobbo. I think this needs to be a redemption game here for Katoni Staggs. I think last week wasn't the best performance we've seen from him. Uh, Reese Walsh as well, I think, needs to have a big one in this one. Uh, if the Broncos do need to come out strong, I think he needs to be ready. Um, but yeah, from one to five for the Brisbane Broncos, it's looking pretty damn good on paper. Uh, who do you think, in terms of backline, gets the job done here? Broncos win the back line. Uh, I think that Reese Welsh wins the fullback battle. I'm not a big fan of testing you. I actually personally believe that Selwyn Cobo is a fullback, so he should be the fullback. Uh, but then again, because they got rid of Asako, uh, you know, he's obviously the Titans now and he's playing this week, but because they got rid of Asako, they don't really have someone to chuck onto the wing there. Unless, do you know who would be another winger that the Broncos have there? Beside, like they, they seem like they're pretty light on depth at the moment in the back well, line. Well, they've actually got Mead, Jordan Pereira, and Brenko Lee in the reserves there. So they do have a little bit of backup. So what I would say, in my personal opinion, is that I would personally put Selwyn Cobo into the fullback position and then I'd put David Mead on the wing. But then again, you're getting quite agey there with Corey Oates and David Mead. Uh, but I think the centre battle is absolutely Tony Staggs and Herbie Farmworth. Farmworth's been underrated for years. Obviously an English player there who plays for uh, for the national team and is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Tony Staggs, everyone who watches my channel knows how much I, I love Tony Staggs, bro. He's so good, but he had a pretty poor game on the weekend. 
you know, it, but also your centers come down to your inside ball from your halves. And obviously they didn't really do too much there with, I think it was Albie Kelly with uh, Adam Reynolds. So I don't know. I, I think that when you look at play names here, you're definitely taking the, the, uh, I guess the explosiveness of that Broncos back line, but I definitely do give Reese Walsh the advantage in the fullback role. Yeah, for sure. I agree there. I think the Broncos do in terms of back line, get this one done. Now, look, I'm a bit confused about testing you because at the back end of last season when the Broncos were going quite well, he was a guy that was pretty much scoring a try every game. He just looked like he was in the right spot at the right time. For me, though, I do think he's the centre because the most of the tries that he was scoring were sort of in that position where a centre would usually be scoring tries. So it's an interesting one, and it's a one that Kevy will be working out over the next few months. But... Uh, and just in terms of the back line altogether, when you add guys like Oates, when you add guys like Staggs, Farnworth, and Cobbo who've been in some pretty good form, I think that the Broncos do get this one done in terms of back line. In terms of the halves, this is a bit of a halves battle here. You've got Reynolds and Kelly versus Chanel Harris-Tavita and Cody Nikarima. Who do you reckon takes the cake through these forwards? You have to give it to Reynolds. And I think that Albie Kelly, Shell Harris, DeVita and Cody Nicarima are all in a very similar category to each other in regards to their quality. Because Kelly has been fantastic even since before his Super League days and when he was at the Titans and the Sharks. And Harris, DeVita can have his day. Nicarima can have his day. But Adam Reynolds is obviously, he is always quality. And if he's not always quality, he's still getting the job done at a very high level. Uh, so I'm still taking the Broncos there just because of the Adam Reynolds factor. Yeah, for sure. I think the Broncos, again, with Adam Reynolds in there and Albert Kelly, who's been in some good form, we do get that one done. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Chanel Harris-Tavita. He could leave. He could stay. We don't really know his situation, which is a bit of a weird one. Um, he's probably been the most talked about guy at the moment, just from the amount of news that I'm hearing about him. Uh, but Cody Nicarima was sort of a weird one. He was in the reserves the week before and then gets put into halfback at round three. Uh, but he does look like he's doing a good job there. So um, it just depends who comes out on the day and, and has the better performance. But I do think that in terms of looking at the teams on paper, I think that the Broncos do have the better halves pairing. Um, I'll just say, before you move into the forwards, I'll just say in the halves as well, the Warriors have had three different halves pairings this year through three games. At the first game, mm-hmm. they had Sean Johnson and I think Nicarima. Second game, they had Ash Taylor with Harris Tevita, I think. And in the third game, uh, they had, I think, Nicarima and Harris Tevita, if I'm not mistaken. So this is maybe, I think this is the first week that they've actually had the same halves pairing. Well, just talking about the halves too, they actually do have Sean Johnson here in the reserve. So he could make a little bit of a comeback or burst onto the scene just before this game kicks off as well. So um, quick one before we move on to the forwards. If you're putting Sean Johnson into this side, are you taking out Chanel or are you taking out Cody? I'm probably taking out Cody. I think that Sean, that that would then bring the fourth halves pairing of the year, mind you. Hmm. Uh, but I, I would I'd take out Kobe because, Cody because... I don't know. I just feel like Harris Savita. I've always, I said this preseason as well, though, that I actually thought that Ash Taylor was going to be unreal with Sean Johnson, and they haven't been able to play with each other, obviously. Uh, I thought that was going to be a really good halves pairing there uh, with Ash Taylor finally getting that experienced half alongside him that it, it takes a lot of pressure off of what Ash does. But I would, yeah, I'd chuck him over Cody just because I think that Harris Savita probably does offer a little bit more in regards to the positives that will shine for SJ. Well, Ash Taylor's not even in the, in the reserves here, which is quite surprising. Um, but yeah, a, a very interesting one. Uh, we could definitely see Cody maybe moving to a nine role or even to a 14 role. 
uh, in the next few days. It'll probably be a 14 roll, to be honest. I was going to say definitely 14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, very interesting to see how this, if this side changes. Uh, and it'll definitely have a bit of a factor on how, how this game goes. But I do think that Broncos, either way, have the better halves pairing. Uh, moving on to the forwards, we have Adam Fennell, Blake Wade Egan, Matthew Lodge, Ewan Aiken, Alicia Katoa, and Josh Curran versus Ryan James, Jake Turpin, Payne Haas, Keenan Pasilia, uh, Jordan Rickey, and Patrick Carrigan. Yeah, just looking at these forwards, who do you think wins the forward battle here? I would lean with the Warriors here. And I think that this has been a superbly overrated position here with the Broncos since the preseason, uh, especially in regards to this one here, because you're looking straight away at Ryan James and Payne Haas in the front row. Payne Haas, obviously, you could argue is the number one front row in the game. You could argue is two behind Fisher-Harris. I'd probably definitely lean with being that number one role. Uh, but Ryan James, obviously, he's a bit agey. He's gone from club to club to club. You know, he was at the Titans and he went to the Raiders and he got loaned to the Dogs, came back to the Raiders and now he's at the Broncos. There is a reason for that. Uh, look, he's still a good player, but he's not a great player. Um, that was a big reason as to why he actually, you know, was was kind of said no to by the Titans because he's a Gold Coast boy. Uh, but I'm not going to show Ryan. I love him. You know, I love Ryan. Uh, he's a good bloke, uh, but he's just not exactly going to be competing alongside Adam Fenor Blake or Matty Lodge, in my personal opinion. And Matt Lodge can obviously be a bit of a flog, but with his playing skills, he still is a decent player. Um, but, you know, in regards to personality, it's a different story. Uh, they're hookers, though, Jake Turpin and Wade Egan. I think that Turpin gets beaten by Wade Egan pretty easily here. I'm not a big fan of Turpin at all. Uh, I think that, obviously, they're definitely going to be leaning towards a different direction uh, than Turpin. I don't think he offers anything, really. Uh, Wade Egan, I actually have been slightly impressed with this year. I think that he's been better than previously. I think that he does a lot of things that he's never going to be an up because of or a Damian Cook or a Harry Grant uh, kind of player, but he's definitely going to do the job, and he's going to do the job at a, at a decent level, in my opinion. I think, yeah, he He's been severely underrated. Into the back row, though, uh, this is a really kind of tough one here because Jordan Rickin and Palacia are very kind of, they're very fresh and you don't really know a great deal about them. Then you go to Ewan Aitken, who has been really good. I actually really do like Ewan Aitken and, uh, you know, he can play centers, he can play back row. Elisa Katoa, He's still pretty good, man. Uh, you know, he's may, I don't know, it's a hard one to read that one too. But Josh Curran versus Carrigan, I'm a big, big believer in Josh Curran. And I think everyone should be by now. And I think he wins that battle. So I think that Ewan Aiken and Josh Curran really do, uh, and this is no no disrespect to Elisa Katoa, but I think the two guys there that I've mentioned in, in Curran and Aiken are those very, um, they're very big stabilizers, but can also really blow it, blow it up as well, uh, specifically Josh Curran. So I'm taking the Warriors, uh, especially with Adam Fennell Blake there, Matthew Lodge, Wade Egan, you and Aiken. It's a fantastic um, front, uh, front row and back row there. And then he gets that lock there and Josh and Curran, which is just ridiculous. You and Aiken's been pretty much superb as soon as he moved into that second row role. I thought he's been really energetic there. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a really tough one, especially as you said, having Payne Haas on the in the other in the front row there for the Broncos. Um, Pasilia's been pretty good as well. Jordan Rickey is the interesting one here, and I'll read this out to you from the NRL physio. He says Jordan Rickey will make a call later in the week after suffering a rib cartilage damage. Uh, most return to play in the one to three week range. So he's going to make a call later in the week about that one. Uh, but we could see him out of the side uh, pretty quickly in the next few days. Um, but if he does play, he's a sensational player. And I reckon he's going to do a really good job for them, but just carrying an injury, there is a bit of a concern. So I'm going to have to agree with you in that sense. I'm going to have to lean with the Warriors here in terms of fallback, uh, forward pack, sorry, as you said, uh, Adam Fennell Blake, 
Lodge on his day, yeah, I can do so, do a job in the front row. Uh, Egan, I think, has been really good, as you said. Aiken's been in some good form. Katoa, from what I saw from him at the back end of last year, geez, he's got some talent. Uh, and then Josh Curran as well has been really good at lock over the past six to eight months. Um, in terms of scoreline for this one, how do you see this one playing out? Do you see it being a bit of a margin, a bit of a close one? How do you see this one playing out? Like I said before, man, it could be, honestly, all three options. Warriors could win, could could be draw, and it could be Broncos win. Uh, obviously, you're never going to lean with the draw there. But, but it's it's really, after going through a team list there, obviously, we've really given the mass advantage through one of oh, two through seven to the Broncos. The one, obviously, the advantage we gave to the Warriors. And then pretty much all the forwards, besides maybe take out Lodge and give it to Payne Haas, I think the whole forwards battle of the Warriors just then probably took it for me. So, I don't know, this is because I think Payne Haas is probably the only really out and out quality player in that front row there. Oh, sorry, in that um, in that forward line there. People are going to say Carrigan, but I, I, I think Payne Haas is the clear and out one there. Uh, I, I'm actually going to take the Warriors here, man. I'm going to take the Warriors here, especially in Redcliffe as well, which is, it depends on what the weather's going to be like, obviously, but you, you never really want to look at the weather. Uh, but I'll take, I'll, oh, no, but that Bron- the Broncos back line, I don't know. Oh, man, this is a really, really, really tough one. You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go with a shock. And I know people are going to be like, oh, you're a Titans fan. Of course, you're going against the Broncos. But I'm very honest with my predictions, guys. If I thought the Broncos would win this, which I think they could, I would tell you. But I, I'm going to take the war. I'll take, I'm going to take the Warriors here. There we go. I'm going to take them by two points. Warriors by two points. I think that's a solid little margin there. He's taken the underdogs according to sports bed. And they did my uh, Rabbitohs a bit dirty there at three bucks. But they uh, did. We'll yeah, that. they did. We'll ignore that. We'll move on. Um, yeah, scoreline for me, Warriors and Brisbane. I'm going to have to go for Brisbane. Uh, we were talking about that back line. We are talking about Payne Haas. The effort he has. I think that, I think that the Broncos are going to come in hungry. They're going to come in wanting this one. The one concern I have for the Brisbane Broncos in terms of defense is their out-and-out defender, Kurt Catewell, is in the reserves this week. That's a big call there from Kevy Walters. He's he's a solid <laughs> defender, solid defender. He was probably one of the best defensive back rowers last year for that Penrith Panthers side. He's out this week. He, oh, it's a big, it's a it's a big one. But I am going to have to t- still take the Broncos here, as we said. Backline, uh, Payne Haas, Carrigan, um, Adam Reynolds here. I think is going to have a big impact. 30 to 16 is the way I'm going to go. I'm going to lead towards the Broncos. 30 to 16. I reckon that's the way it's oh. going to go. I, I will say in regards to the Kate Well thing just then that he, we could obviously, if Ricky's out, we could see Kate Well come into that team. Um, mm. But I, I, I think that people have had unrealistic expectations about who Kurt Catewell is. Kurt Catewell is a good player. Yes, he's played for Queensland. Yes, obviously he was with the Panthers and whatnot, but he's not going to be the explosive player, the best player in the team kind of guy that people were expecting coming to the Bronx. That's because the Bronx obviously are so desperate for success that they want everyone to be successful. They want everyone to be that guy. And it's just not the truth with Kurt Catewell. He is a good player. I think he really set himself up for some really, really unrealistic expectations after kicking that field goal in round one against the Rabbitohs. Um, Severe unrealistic expectations after that one, but yeah, I could easily see the Broncos winning this thirteen plus. Uh, I don't think the Warriors could win this thirteen plus. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Before at the beginning, I said 
The Broncos have the opportunity to win this one big, but I just don't think they're going to be able to because I think this is a, a really critical point of the season where it's not at the point where your season is done, but if you're going to be one and three after four rounds, like the Warriors will be, then you're going to be in a really, really poor situation, man. And the Broncos, it's not as desperate times for them. But actually, actually, no, I'm going to disagree with myself here. They have a really uh, – I was talking about this last night on uh, on on Big House Sport. What was I saying? So their next couple of games here, the Broncos, they have the Roosters next week, and then they also have the Panthers the week after uh, before they take on the Dogs again. So this is actually a very desperate game. I, I don't know. I'm going, to, I'm going to lean with the Warriors here by two just because – I th- yeah, they're at home. We'll see how, I don't know. We'll go Warriors by two, but I could see this going either way. Well, Blaze has got the Warriors by two. I've got the Broncos 30 to 16. Well, 